The God of Mischief is back and better than ever. Loki. 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 Wow. Great to see you again. Critics agree. Loki season two is marvelous. Great. And it's finally here. How much do you know? Let's assume I don't know much. A mind-bending adventure. Spectacularly cinematic. I've been waiting for a moment like this. It surpasses all expectations. A little over the top, don't you think? I thought it was spot on. Loki Season 2. Now streaming only on Disney+. Plus. You are listening to Habs and Minded. Brought to you by HabsEyesOnThePrize.com. Hello and welcome to Hapsent Minded. My name is Jared Book, and we are. There's not much to look forward to in terms of after the season ends for non-playoff teams, and especially the Montreal Canadiens. But we have something to look forward to, uh, as on Tuesday the NHL draft lottery will be held at around 6:30 Eastern time, and this is going to be a quick look at what it means going into it. Uh, joining me today, Matt Drake. Matt, how are you doing? Doing terrific. Looking forward to a uh, first overall pick. <laughs> yeah, the, the one time lately that people want Montreal to win something. Yeah. Um, because a lot of fans have been uh, wanting them to lose, uh, especially over the last few few months. It's uh, ex- ex- exactly for this reason. Uh, so let, let's get into the, the draft lottery and, and basically you know, what it means. So, so they do have a 18.5% chance of winning the lottery. And I've gotten a lot of comments on Twitter when I've mentioned this in the past. So I don't want to get too confusing, but because teams can only move up 10 spots in the lottery, but every team has a chance to win the lottery, but some teams that win the lottery will not pick first overall. What this means is that the bottom six teams in the lottery, Vegas, Vancouver, Winnipeg, the Islanders, and the San Jose Sharks, cannot win the lottery. Cannot pick first overall. Sorry, they can win the lottery. So they can bind to about 7% of a chance of winning the lottery. And what happens if they win the lottery is that they can only move up 10 spots, which means that the Montreal Canadiens still pick first overall. So that means that their chance of picking first overall is 25.5%. It goes up 7% from the chance of them winning the lottery. Obviously, it's a lot easier if they win the lottery, but it's not their only path to picking first overall. And that's a big advantage in finishing last in the NHL because Arizona, in order to win the lottery, in order to pick first overall, they have to win the lottery. That's 13.5. So you're looking at a gap of 12% of picking first overall if you finish 32nd versus if you finish 31st. And so Montreal has the best chances, but that doesn't mean they're going to pick first overall. There's a chance they can drop as as low as third. And if you look at the percentages, that's (laughs) over 50% of the time they will pick third overall. And that's just if the other teams, because there's, there's two lotteries, one for first overall, whatever teams wins that first lottery, every other team gets a share of whatever team won that first one 
to win the second one. And I know it's confusing, but that's why we're here to kind of explain it to you. How are you feeling going into the lottery, Matt? Well, like most people, I think <laughs> the one thing I'm afraid of is picking third, just because they seem to have such bad <laughs> luck with third overall picks, uh, you know, in the last 10 years. Uh, I, I feel pretty good about it, man. I think this is the one they're going to win. I said this many times in the bottom six minutes. I, I still believe, I believe very firmly that the NHL rigs the draft lottery anyways. And if, it, if I'm right about that, let's, devil's advocate, let's say they rig it. Would you not make sure that the team that's hosting the draft gets the first <laughs> overall pick so you could sell, uh, you know, pay the ticket prices to go to that draft. They, they jump up a little bit because the home team happens to have the first overall pick. I don't know. But all this to say, uh, I, I think they're going to win this one. I think we're coming home with the first overall pick. We're going to get a shot to uh, to pick Shane Wright. Um, I don't think anybody's going to pass on him. So, um, you know, in, in, until those balls uh, the ping pong balls come out and they, they show me something. Otherwise I am prepared to see a first overall pick. Yeah. And, and you know what? Like there's, there's two sides to the coin where people are saying, Oh, of all years to win it, there's not a surefire first overall generational mm-hmm. talent. But at the same time, if you don't win the lottery, it's not that disappointing then <laughs> because look, there's going to be, if you pick in the top five, really, but especially the top three where Montreal is guaranteed to be, you're going to get a good player, whether it's mm-hmm. Shane Wright, whether it's Logan Cooley, where it's Urias Lukowski, uh, Simon Nemich, uh, David Juracek, um, and on and on and on. There's a lot of players below that, but those are, are for all intents and purposes, the top five, you're going to get a good player. And, and I think that the top three are likely, likely Wright, Cooley, Slavkovsky in, in some kind of order. Uh, one of the defensemen might creep up into that. Uh, I'm not going to, you know, go into draft rankings right now at, you know, the world championships, you know, three of them are going to be there. Slavkovsky, Nemec and Juracek are all going to be at the world championship. So uh, their draft stocks will go up and down based on that. And if Slavkovsky has the performance like he did at the Olympics, we might be talking about someone else for number one overall as well. You never know. But 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 I think yeah, I think that's where where it is. And listen, they're going to get a good player. And I, I know people are worried about number three overall, uh, but this is unless we start hearing about some uh, you know Finnish center who's like in the teens who is going to start being talked about. Um, uh, yeah. Uh, the, the the wounds are deep for, for Canadians fans when it comes to that third overall pick. But I, I want to do a quick look at because of the draft lottery in the Canadians past, because really there isn't that much history there. They've only had a chance to pick first overall uh, a few times and, and they've never been 32nd in the league, obviously 32nd. They've never been last in the league in the draft lottery era. So they've never had the top odds before. They've never been in that spot. And so it's going to be interesting to see. But let's go back to the first year of the draft lottery, 1995. They weren't eligible for the lottery because back then, up until 2004, you were only allowed to move up four spots uh, at, at maximum. So any team below five was not eligible to win the pick first overall. And Montreal was never that low. In 1995, they picked eighth. They picked Terry Ryan. That did not work out very well. 
1999, they had the 10th pick in that draft. They traded it to the Islanders for Trevor Linden. Uh, I don't know if anybody remembers that, but I do. Uh, the, the pick that the Islanders used um, and got for Linden in that trade, they selected Branislav Meze. Uh, so it was pretty much like Montreal drafted there uh, because he didn't do anything. Uh, 2000, they had, <laughs> they had two first-round first picks. Um, again, no chance to pick first overall in the lottery. They ended up picking Ron Hainsey and Marcel Hosa in the first rounds there. Again, not really anything to write home about. Uh, 2001, they were picking seventh overall, which is the highest pick in the lottery era. But still, again, they can only vote four spots. No chance to pick first overall. They ended up picking Mike Komasarek. And to this day, I remember watching that draft. And uh, Minnesota picked Miko Koivu, uh, number six overall. And uh, I, I think that the Montreal Canadiens brain trust at the time was pretty happy that they didn't have to choose whether or not they picked Sakukovu's brother. Yeah. <laughs> uh, because I'm not convinced they would have. Uh, so I, I think that they were glad. I think Commissaric likely would have been the pick anyway. So at least they didn't have to cross that bridge because Minnesota took him off the board um, in, in 2001. Then uh, 2003, they ended up picking Andre Kostitsin, 10th overall. Again, no chance to move up. Um, I'm not going to go into the 2003 draft and who they could have picked because we have talked about that forever and ever and ever. So ironically, the first year that they had a chance to pick first overall was the 2005 Sidney Crosby draft lottery because every team had a chance to pick first overall in that one. And I still remember, do you, do you remember that, Matt? That draft oh, lottery? God. I, I remember like it was yesterday. I was I, I can tell you exactly where I was. I was at Cupola Sports in Niagara Falls, Ontario, getting my new skates put through that heat machine that like forms them around your feet. And uh, I wanted them to pick Price with the fifth overall pick. And when they picked him, I stood up and my dad was yelling at me because standing up while well, you're supposed to sit down while it's in the machine to make sure. And he was paying like 400 bucks for those skates. So to this day, I, I can remember that 100%. Of course, everybody wanted to get Crosby, but uh, I think... You know, if you look at how many, like you said, three times that they were technically eligible to win the first overall pick, I guess they're one for three so far. <laughs> yeah, uh, it, it, basically. Yeah, exactly. I mean, look, do you, do you remember the, the lottery itself and, and the countdown from 30 to, to, to one? Yeah, well, I remember or, it. Not yeah. exactly. The results, they, but not, not, the, not the, the lottery itself. No, they made a whole yeah. show out of it. And I think I yeah. didn't tune in until later on and i was like oh the Habs haven't gone off yet so <laughs> I, I yeah i i remember there was um because they, they didn't have the best odds they were like kind of middle of the pack when it came to that because it was based on how many years you made the playoffs and then if you already had the first overall pick you lost some some chances so they didn't have the most chances but they had three chances um and the most you can have is four and i remember they took a commercial break after the sixth pick was taken and they, they announced the six pick. And I remember like, okay, this is real now. And at the time, you know, the whole thing was like, oh, Crosby's dad was drafted by Montreal. And, and Crosby's favorite team growing up was Montreal. And I'm like, this could actually happen. There's only five teams left. 
Like this is meant to be. This is what it's supposed to be like. And uh, then they came back from commercial and Montreal was the first team that they turned around. I mean, look, they still moved up. It was still the highest pick that they've had in, like I said, in the draft lottery area. It was number seven prior to this. Um, look, there were a lot of landmines that they could have picked anywhere between two and five there. Uh, and even beyond that, uh, you know, Bobby Ryan was, you know, good player, not Carey Price. Um Jack Johnson, not Carey Price. Benoit Pouliot, future teammate of Carey Price, not Carey Price. So, you know, Jobel Brule obviously was is the is the Jobel major. Brule was the guy that I think that's who uh, Pierre Maguire was saying. He's like, yes. that's who they should have picked. My dad wanted them to pick uh, Brule, and, and Jesus. So, so, did, so, so did Doug McLean at Columbus, right? They they had the the video of that of the war room in Columbus, or where Columbus was stationed and yeah. uh, the, Oh, they're taking the goalie. They're taking the goalie. And everyone's like celebrating. Like they just won the lottery. Um, but uh, yeah, it turns out the good pick was picking the goalie. And uh, so, I mean, I, I think one of my favorite what ifs in, in the draft in terms of something that worked out and you want to see the other result is what if they would, I mean, you can go back to where they screwed up the pick and didn't take somebody good. I would like to know what happened if they would have picked Anze Kopitar instead of Carey Price. Mm. And, and, you know, obviously Kopitar is also a great player uh, and um, definitely could have uh, been something there as well. So it, it's a lot, lot of different things that could have gone on there. But, yeah, that was the first chance they had to pick first overall, and they almost pulled it off uh, out of nowhere. So after that, you have to go to 2007 for the next year. They didn't have a chance to pick in the lottery there. They picked 12th overall. Ryan McDonough, good pick. Uh, but obviously didn't have a chance to pick first overall. And then you have to go all the way to 2012. And this was the real first time that they had a really bad team and had a chance to win the draft lottery. And when that happened, they ended up staying in third and they ended up picking Alex Galchenyuk. Uh, Edmonton ended up winning the lottery. Columbus, who had the best odds to win the lottery, ended up moving to second. And they picked up Ryan Murray. And then Niall Yakupov was obviously the first overall pick. I, I still think mm. the Canadians got the best player there um, out of the three, obviously. Uh, but obviously, there's, there's players that were below that that were better. Philip Forsberg, Morgan Riley. Um, Vasilevsky. Vasilevsky, yeah, exactly. Um, lots of, I, I don't think they would have picked in the goal. Yeah, they, they wouldn't. <laughs> because, you know, th- thanks to what happened in 2005, they yeah. didn't really need one. No. Uh, but yeah, th- there are lots of good players in, in that draft as well. And then after that, they, 2016 was next year they missed the playoffs. They had a moderate chance to win the lottery. They did not. Uh, they ended up picking Michael Sergachev. I remember that. That was the John Scott year, right? That was the year where like, oh, they're going to win the lottery because they owe us. Uh, the league owes us. <laughs> um, yeah, they did not win the lottery that year. <laughs> which shoots my the, which shoots my the draft lottery is rigged theory <laughs> in, in the foot a little bit. They picked Sergachev. Good pick. Um, not going to get into the uh, feelings of what happened after that. Uh, I just Jonathan Drouin deserves better than that. Um, Next was 2018. And this is the fun one. This is the fun year because they actually won a draft lottery. 
they actually won a draft lottery in 2018. A lot of people forget that, uh, but they actually had the fourth best odds. They were fourth in the lottery, entering the lottery in 2018, and they ended up winning the third overall pick. And again, I, I was—I remember where I was during this lot draft lottery too. I was actually at uh, a restaurant for my dad's birthday, fancy restaurant. Uh, you know, one of those like steakhouses where it's all dark inside and everyone, you know, there's no light and I'm on my phone being like, oh man, <laughs> people are like freaking out. And they're like, uh, Montreal hasn't gotten that. Montreal won a lottery. Basically when, when Arizona came up, you knew Montreal had won one of the draft lotteries. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, they ended up picking as Perry Kotkinemi third overall in that year. And uh so they have some history. They had 9.5 chance percent chance of winning that lottery and ended up winning the third overall pick after Buffalo and Carolina won the first two. And uh, Carolina technically won the third one too. Um, but that's neither here nor there. Um, so yeah, so then you have 2019. After that, the next year, they missed the playoffs by one position. And... They end up picking 15th overall and they got Cole Caulfield. So sometimes you don't have to win the lottery and you still win the lottery. <laughs> it, it all depends who's on the board, right? <laughs> when you go to that 2018 draft, it's like, you know, a lot of people look back at that one. And I think the obvious one was Brady Kachuk. They could have yeah. taken Brady Kachuk and that, you know, for all intents and purposes, seems like it's working out considerably better. Um, but that's with hindsight right when you look at that draft in like there's not a ton of names that really stand out other than Darlene and Sveshnikov so far that are like real legitimate contributors and then Brady Kachuk so did the Habs miss yeah yeah did they miss bad not really because when you look at the rest of that first round there's not really any big names outside of those three that I mentioned and I guess Quinn Hughes as well yeah um but Philip like, Zadina was like the, the one that everyone thought was the third guy. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Like he was the one that was like closer to Svechnikov than anybody else. Right? I'm not going to lie. That's, that's who I, that's yeah. who I wanted them to pick. That, that was my pick. Um, and even that one, like had they done exactly what I wanted, it hasn't worked out all that great. Has it? Yeah. yeah Kanyemi was a better pick than Zadina without, without a I doubt. Would say so. Yeah. And, and look, you can argue about what, how they handled Kanyemi, but he's turning out to be an NHL player and a pretty good NHL player um at this point i mean he's not 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 6.1 million dollars worth of nhl player but... well no no but not <laughs> not third overall either technically no. um, but at the same time look I, I think that you know there was issues with development but I, I don't think it was necessarily a bad pick uh i'm not sure brady kachuk would make this team much better you know he might be a better player um more yeah. productive player i'm not sure if he makes this team noticeably better um, especially in the first few years uh, when they had Kakanyemi. But, I mean, that again, that's semantics. And, and I mean, it's, it's so hard to say, right? It, it's look, look at all the teams in 2019 that could have taken Cole Caulfield and didn't. Mm-hmm. Um, so, you know, I, I think it's just, you, you don't know what's going to happen. And I think that that's the, the big thing here is there's no surefire number one pick. The only bad pick, and I said this in, 20, in 2018 as well, the only bad pick they can make is one that doesn't work out because all those players were seen as good prospects. Mm-hmm. And the only one that, you know, that would have been bad is, is one that didn't work out. And Kock and Yemi pretty much worked out. I mean, he had a great playoff run. Uh, and, you know, if they didn't mismanage the, his, his contract, basically, 
he wouldn't have been able to sign an offer sheet. He wouldn't have wanted to. And I think that the issues go deeper than just them picking him, because I think that this team would be better with Jesper Kotkaniemi in it, uh, along with Christian Dvorak, and not in spite of. <laughs> like, mm-hmm. <laughs> he wasn't made to be both of the, both Dano and, and Kotkaniemi. Anyway, I, I'm, we're not talking about that. That's not what we're talking about here. Um, but w- one last thing I, I do want to talk about a little bit is the Calgary pick. Uh, obviously, as we speak right now, Calgary is down 2-1 in their series. They have game four on Monday night. We're recording this Monday afternoon. So you'll hear this on Tuesday. So you'll know the result. What happens if Calgary loses? So because they won their division, their pick is kind of locked. And the best it can be is 25th overall. And the only way that that is, that is what happens is if Colorado, Carolina, and the Florida Panthers all also lose in the first two rounds which probably is not very likely. So uh, if Calgary does not make it into the third round of the playoffs, whether they beat Dallas or lose in the next round or whatever, uh, they will pick no between 25 and 28. So in that case, that's where Montreal's pick will be, uh, their second pick in the first round uh, for Tyler Toffoli. Obviously, if Calgary keeps winning, it'll go to if they make the final four, it'll be in the final four picks of the round. Um, but then obviously it goes, it goes from there. Mm-hmm. And this okay. is, you know, this is one of the reasons why it's not a huge deal if they lose the lottery. Cause like you said, anybody in the top three, you're getting a good player, right? If they end up with Logan Cooley, he's a good player. I think he probably slots in next year. If they end up with Uri Slavkovsky, I think he's a good player. I think he probably slots in next year too. Shane Wright, I don't think there's any argument. I think everybody thinks he's playing NHL hockey next year, no matter who gets him, right? So you're getting one player that's probably in your lineup immediately out of those three. With that second pick, if it's in the 25 to 30 range, let's call it 25 to 28, like you said, there are some really interesting players that are going to be down there. Luca Del Belbalu stands out, center from the Mississauga Steelheads. Uh, There's also Jagger Furkus that's going to be down there. David Goyette is going to be down there. These are three different players I've seen a lot of this year. I'd be super happy to get any one of those three guys with a late first. You can even add in a couple of other guys because you don't know who's going to drop on draft day, right? Marco Casper, currently ranked consensus at about 24th. What if he drops down and he's available at 25, 26, and that's where Calgary ends up being? Um, Owen Pickering, defenseman from the WHL. He's a little bit higher, probably expected to go in the late teens, but he could drop too, right? Denton Matejchuk. Another guy from the WHL, another defenseman that could potentially drop. So if you want to go defense, there's going to be a lot of options down in that later first round is all I'm trying to say here. So if you look at the overall opportunity that the Montreal Canadiens have, right, you're going to get a top three player, somebody who's going to slot into your lineup right away. And then later on in that round, you can get somebody else who may not slot into your lineup right away, but you don't need them to. You're not expecting to be uh, a cup contender next year anyways but you can get a very good player that might be a part of a contending team in the future. So again, like you mentioned earlier, right? This is not the worst year for them to not win the lottery. Of course you want to win the lottery because the Calgary pick is going to be there for you anyways, no matter what. So you want to win, you want to get the best player available, but all this to say, again, you don't have to win the lottery. If they don't, it's not reason for us to, have a bunch of doom and gloom around Montreal. The reality is we got two first round picks. 
One of them is going to be a top three, and then we can get some pretty good players uh, later on in that round. I believe that this is a pretty deep draft in terms of talent. It doesn't have the generational talents that you're going to get, like Connor Bedard coming up the year after, but there is some really good talent there. And I think that talent pushes into further rounds as well. We could, I'm sure we don't need to talk about the second and third rounds, but there are some guys that I really like that are going to be available there too. So with this draft being a little bit deeper and not necessarily top heavy, the, the Montreal Canadiens could make out very well with those two first round picks. Yeah, they have three picks in the first 33 because even if they lose the draft lottery, they still right. pick first and second round. It doesn't, the draft lottery does not affect the later round. So they have the first pick in every round, uh, regardless of, of what happens um, in the draft lottery. But yeah, there's, there's a lot of, look, the reason why I wasn't freaking out about draft position and people are like, oh, if they keep winning, they'll pick fifth or maybe even sixth. You know what good teams do? Good teams find good players no matter where they pick, mm-hmm. right? Like, look at Boston. Boston's been picking in the second half of the first round for the majority of the last 10, 15 years, and they're still always really good. Look at Tampa, right? Yes, they had a couple of, you know, high picks, you know, Hedman, Stamkos, but they haven't been that high in a long time, right? Like, it's been a while since they've been there. What have they been doing? They've been getting guys late in the, in the draft. Kucherov and Braden Point and Vasilevsky. We talked about him earlier. A lot of guys where you, 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 you're supposed to get good players in the top 15. You're, you're supposed to. Montreal hasn't done that. Like they, they've failed, you know, in the twenties and in the late, the, you know, the, the, the late first round, but good teams, they're good teams because they keep finding players there. They keep finding players there. And, and that's why it's not a big deal to drop a little bit because this organization is being built on scouting and development and especially on development, mm-hmm. which is something that's been missing uh, in the organization and skills coaching and things like that uh, in the past. And, and, you know, you mentioned the guys before, I mean, Owen Beck is a guy who's getting a lot of, a um, lot of helium uh, around this time. And he'll probably sneak into late first round as well. Um, there's a lot of guys out there and the key is to find the right one. Because they exist. Mm-hmm. <laughs> There's going to be a players drafted throughout the draft that make the NHL. Some may even make a huge impact. And yeah. the, the good teams find them. And, and you sometimes, yes, luck is involved. Absolutely. But you don't need – you can make your own luck, right? Like good teams find players late in drafts, right? Joshua like, Hawaii. Jo- exactly. Joshua Hawaii is a, is a great example of that. Um, Frederick Dishow is another one. Like the, like Raphael Harvey Pinard for, you know, he mm-hmm. was an overager, um, you know, g- good teams find good players late in the draft and, and Montreal ha- has done a pretty good job with that. You know, it, the 2021 draft was a pretty good one. You know, uh, Joshua wall looks very good. Riley kidney uh, looks very good. You have to think that some of the scouting difficulties from that draft based on the fact that a lot of the guys in, in uh, the CHL didn't play or didn't play very much. It's going to have, I think, not the same impact, but a similar impact this year. Yeah, and development, right? right? Lost development time. Some of these guys exactly. had a year off last year. Shane um, Wright didn't play. He played, what, one game? Yeah. So people are looking at his season this year, and they're going, oh, he's got 94 points. Ah, not, not what I was hoping for when it comes to a first overall pick. Sure, but when you factor in the fact that he played one game last year, I mean, you, you got to look at it and go, well, actually, I think considering that he had an entire year off and – at most, he was probably skating at his local rink to keep himself in shape. I think 94 points 
rings pretty goddamn good. Yeah, it, it, there, there's a lot of, you know, uncertainty, right? Like the NHL draft is, you know, you hit 30% <laughs> and, <Yeah>. and that's <laughs> considered good. Like, like it, it's, it's much lower than it is in other sports. Uh, A, because the players are younger. Uh, B, because they're playing all over the place. It's not like you can be like, oh, this guy is in the NCAA and he's playing against the exact same people as everyone else. Um, not the exact same in, in hockey uh, compared to, say, you know, basketball and um, and football, especially. You know, baseball has the same issues where they're drafting guys out of high school uh, sometimes uh, and it doesn't always work out as well. So yeah. there, there's, there is uncertainty, but putting the odds in your favor is what you need to do. And look, you know, you can, a lot of, you know, Jeff Gorton, he, he had some first round misses, but let's be honest. And it's not all on him. There's a whole scouting team and, you know, there's a lot of people involved, but, you know, Leas Anderson, Vitaly Kravtsov, um, you know, even, you know, Keandre Miller, Miller is looking like a good pick. Um, you know, Capo Caco and Alex Lafreniere are, are good players. Uh, I'm not going to get, you know, use those in that example because uh, they were the, like, no, like everyone would have taken those two guys, right? Yeah. Like, everyone nobody's... was taking Lafreniere first. Everyone was taking Kako second. Like there's no, there's no need to, to yeah. play. Anyone, play anyone who says they, they wouldn't have is lying. Yeah, exactly. Right? exactly. It's yeah. It, you it, knew those guys were going where they went, regardless of who had the pick. It's kind of the same thing when it comes to right. If right works out, Nobody's going to say, well, brilliant pick by the Montreal Canadiens. They're going to go, well, you did exactly what everybody predicted you were going to do. Yeah. And they've been predicting that that was going to happen for a couple of years now. He's been known to be the number one guy in this draft. So it's not, you know, and it'll be the same thing if they end up second or third. Right. Yeah. I think mo for the most part, everybody's pretty set on who's going one, two, three. There might be, like you said, if Slavkovsky goes out and has a ridiculous world championships, then maybe he sneaks into number two or even overtakes for number one. But the, it, the harsh reality is probably the one, two, three are already determined. The only thing is what team are they going to? Yeah. I, I think that that's a pretty good bet. There's still a lot of room. Like we're, we're basing this off of, you know, mid season rankings and kind of how things have gone. There are always going to be players that come up uh, throughout and, and kind of make a, a late jump. Kotkaniemi was one of those guys. Nico yep. Hishier was one, right? He, he was not even in the, the number one pick conversation. Um, and he kind of rose throughout the year and eventually ended up being the number one pick over Nolan Patrick. So th there, there are certain uh, situations where it can change around. But yeah, I would be surprised. The, def the defenders are really good, right? Nemec and, and Juracek, uh, they can definitely go top three if a team wants a defenseman. Um but I, I don't think that they're going to go necessarily top two. Maybe, uh, it, you know, it depends on the world championships. I, I think, I think you don't want to, it, it is a small sample, but when you get to see players play against, you know, actual, you know, NHLers, it, it's going to make a difference for some of these guys. And um, it, it'll be interesting. We'll, we'll talk about the draft a lot and, and the players available, but the, the key thing is just, just hit on the pick. <laughs> yeah. it's, it's it, it, the only one the only way you can screw this up is by screwing it up and i know that that's not very helpful but also this is not the same canadians organization as it was um a few years ago or even a few months ago um it's a different organization uh and it'll be very interesting to see how they handle uh their first big decisions really all off season but especially at the draft because there's a lot of picks and 
Trevor Timmons is not around anymore, right? Like, like that's a huge, like Trevor Timmons has been making draft picks since I can remember, right? Like yeah. it's, it's kind of crazy. He's, um, he's arguably the reason why they've been bad in the first round, but really good in later rounds, right? He seems like his, if you look at his overall tenure with the Habs, where did they do really well? They always did well in the later rounds. The fifth round, for some reason, is like an ace in the hole for him. You go get guys like Brennan Gallagher and Joshua Hawaii. Like, I, I don't know what it is about that round, but he was always able to find like good, legitimate NHL players in that round, which is rare to do. But in the first round, he was always bad. So, yeah. like you said, it'll be interesting to see how they handle this because now they're going to have a very high pick and they're going to have two in the first round. And like you said, immediately, as soon as the second day starts, who's picking first in the second round? Guess what? You're up again. So I hope they did their homework, right? Because, like, <laughs> again, there's going to be some players that slide. There's going to be some players that climb. I hope they have a really good idea of what it is that they're looking for. Yeah, I mean, they were at the under-18s. Um, they'll probably – I would imagine that they ha- would have at least somebody at the World Championships. Um, but but Gorton and Hughes were both there. They've already watched yeah. a lot of NCAA hockey as well. Um, you know, mostly sometimes because of their, their – um, the or Hughes's son uh, and yeah. Saint Louis' son as well, but um, they they watched those those guys as well and 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 something interesting as well is obviously Kent Hughes is an agent. He's been watching these kids for a long time too, right? Yeah. Like because you don't you don't just be like oh this kid's draft eligible, gonna sign him. That's not how it works. You watch these guys at like 15, uh, 16, 17, You know where these guys are. Like his agency would have been aware of all these players uh, years ago. Um, so, so that's another wrinkle as well. And, and knowing these players, um, so yeah, I, I'm, I'm intrigued by this and, and look, I, I'm not going to sit here and say that Trevor Timmons was, was, you know, great at his job or, but I, I will defend him and he was not horrible at his job. I think he was let down by development and drafting a player is only the step, the first step. And unless you have a can't miss player, you're going to need to develop them. And that's where Montreal's very much failed uh, on a lot of fronts. You know, Alec Galchenyuk scored 30 goals in the NHL. Jesperi Kutkiniemi at 18 years old was one of the best possession players in the league. They were obviously good enough. What happens after that, taking that next step? And that's something that you're seeing with, with Nick Suzuki, Cole Caulfield, right? Like they, they, yeah. they were stagnant for a lot of the season. And then they figured something out. And what happened? You know, it, it's... It, it, development is so important when it comes to the draft because it does not end there, right? Like unless you take, even if you take a guy like Austin Matthews or Connor McDavid, they've improved while being in the NHL as well, right? Like it's not like just yeah. their, you know, a, a guy like Patrick Liney is a good example of that, right? Where he was great when he entered the league and then he just didn't really get better. Teams started defending him better and he couldn't adjust. And is that, a limitation on the players that limitation development it, it can go you know 50 50 so i there's a lot of things to look at when it comes to this but the main thing to look at is the montreal canadians will not pick lower than third they'll have the 33rd pick and they have the best odds of picking first and that's pretty cool because they haven't had that before and it would be nice to have a little treat on the sunday of what was a pretty bad season all things considered the, the 10-2 win was pretty cool uh, 10-2 win in the last game of the season uh, a week or so after Gilles Fleur passed away 
Actually, I think exactly a week after he passed away. And then the draft lottery is May 10th. And there's that number again, 10. Uh, I'm not saying it's rigged. We've already discussed that it's not. But. Well. <laughs> well. I got my opinion. I got my opinion. <laughs> I, 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 I th- you know, look, the draft is in Montreal in 1971. The draft is in Montreal. Who was first overall pick? I mean, if you believe in circumstance, there's certainly a lot of circumstance that makes you believe that Montreal might just end up winning this lottery. But if they don't, it's okay too. But I, I you know, it, it, I, you know they, they're hosting the draft. They have the best odds. Um, if, if, if you're ever going to rig the lottery, this is when you would rig it. And I'm not suggesting they are. I'm just saying that sometimes things just happen the way they I'm should. suggesting they are. <laughs> yeah, well, of course you are, right? At least there's no officials involved, right? Um, well, who knows? <laughs> yeah. Maybe they got, maybe Kerry Frazier is actually involved in it. And uh, that's what he's yeah. been doing in his retirement is he just helps rig the draft lottery. <laughs> that would explain why it's so bad sometimes. Right? Um, <laughs> I'm just joking. Kerry Frazier, if you listen to this, I don't mean that personally. Um, thank you for listening, Matt. Thank you for joining me. We'll be back on Wednesday. Uh, if you're listening to this on Tuesday, um, Wednesday we'll have an episode coming out or even Tuesday night after the draft lottery uh, with reaction. We'll talk a little bit more about the results and the prospects involved. You're listening to Absent Minded. Enjoy the draft lottery. Enjoy the playoffs if you're watching them. And uh, stay safe. Take care. You know when you're listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks? That's what our podcast, People Are the Worst, brings you with each episode. I'm Rachel. And I'm Rebecca. We're identical twins who love true crime cases that make you say, didn't see that coming, and we hate the people responsible for them. Listen to People Are the Worst now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.